talk slow, tell me everything you want to be Welcome to the second episode of the Handmade Jewelers podcast. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Robert Lopez, an incredibly talented handmade jeweler. His specialty is metalwork, and he just produces incredible pieces that are so unique. He's also done a great job scaling his online social media business, and he's got a great resource. There's a lot to learn from him. So, I'm really excited for you guys to get to listen to him. All right, so uh, the first question that I sort of saw in your bio that you got in by, like, wrapping stones, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So when I was – so when my boys were younger, you know, they were probably five, six, somewhere around there. Um, there was a mineral show uh, in town, and I'd always I'd always liked minerals ever since I was a kid. And so I went to the mineral show with my boys, and we started buying some minerals, and the, the show was hosted by this lapidary club in town. And if you're not familiar with what a lapidary club is, it's a uh, lapidary is the art of cutting stones. So they have a, a gem and mineral society. It's called Kaipa Valley Gem and Mineral Society, and it's only a mile away from my house. So I, I they were hosting the show. I bought some minerals and then I joined the club. And then I was uh, they taught me how to cut cabochons. Cabochon is is a, a round round top stone. Generally, it's like you know turquoise and like that. It's not it's not a faceted stone like you think like diamond or emerald or something like that. Uh-huh. So they taught me how to, they taught me how to cut those those stones, and I, I accumulated a bunch of stones after a while. And then uh, I was I was laying flooring at the time. I was a, I was a carpet installer, and I was installing carpet at a woman's house. And at lunchtime, I, I looked over and she was wire wrapping some cabochons. So I sat and watched her and saw she did it. And I went home and uh, went to the nearest hobby store and craft store and bought some copper wire and started doing started wrapping my cabochons. And that's how it all started. And then. Um, I did that for maybe a year as a hobby, and then slowly I started looking at magazines, jewelry magazines, and online, and looking at, at metal smithing. And then I slowly started buying actual sheets of silver and silver wire, and I started slowly uh, incorporating sheets of silver into my wire wraps. And I was just using rudimentary tools that I had from my construction, like construction hammers, construction torches, things like that. And then over time, I just taught myself to metalsmith, and I just um, read magazines and YouTube videos, and uh, mostly, mostly I learned by just um, trial and error, just practicing and playing and experimenting with the metals and, and seeing what they what they would do, and um, it kind of took off for me. I, you know, I really fell in love with it. And you know, I've been an artist my whole life. I either drawn or I did some woodworking for a while. So I've always liked art, but I lost interest in everything very quickly. But when I found metalsmithing, it, it really kept my interest in. There's always more to learn, and it's you know it's kind of a hard thing to do. It's heavy-handed. You have to you know use diamonds and torches and anvils, so it's a little more um, forceful to make the piece become what you want to become, as opposed to like drawing or sketching or painting. So that's really what, what kept my interest with it. Yeah, that's that's really cool. You're self-taught. That's that's amazing. That's really impressive with all the amazing pieces you make that you're self-taught. Yeah, and it kind of benefited me that I was self-taught, I believe, because you know a lot of times people when they teach you, they say you can't do this, you can't do that. Well. Nobody tells you you can't. You're too dumb to know that you can't, so you just do it. So a lot of the things that I do, um, you know, they're kind of my own techniques, my own experiments. And, you know, over time people have told me, they look, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, and I actually do those things. Um, and I also didn't pick up someone else's um, uh, style. So sometimes when people have apprentices um, or interns, internships, they'll, they'll learn from somebody and they'll gradually um, pick up their, their design and their style. And the, 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 two, the two designs, the teacher and the student, will, their work will look very similar. 
I didn't have that. So my work, my work seemed to, to morph on its own and it has its own kind of uh, look to it and it's recognizable. And that's, you know, that, that's the key to, to, to making your name is, is having your, your work recognizable and, and distinguishable from other people's work. Um, and that was my problem when I was younger, when I was an artist, like drawing and painting. I, I was hopping around all over the place and my, my art was all kinds of different styles and, you know, it just, it was all over the place. I didn't, didn't have a look that was recognizable to my name. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why all your pieces are so unique. I love the rings you do. They're just incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of uh, a lot of experimenting. I love colors. I love texture. I love layers. So that's that's what I do. I love nature. So a lot of it's nature inspired. You know, earthy, organic, organic looks. Mm-hmm. That's how I got started. Yeah, that's cool. So you said that like you got sick of other things, but you didn't get sick of this. So when you first got into it, like, did you immediately know like this is what you wanted to do as your career, or did you just? No. No, I wouldn't say that, um, not as a career, because, you know, my whole life as an artist, I always thought, you know, when I was in high school, I, I never thought you could make money in art. I just never thought it was possible. I, I always thought anybody that makes money in art, you know, they have to be dead for, you know, for, for them, people to, you have to die for your work to be worth something. So I just didn't have um, a lot of uh, people around me that were professional artists, and I, I didn't see that there was money to make. So I didn't think it would be a career. I never thought that. I just thought it would be a hobby. Um, and then, uh, you know, it seemed like it was, I did it for about eight years or just a hobby. And then people started responding to my, my designs. You know, I was doing little art shows and people really liked it. I, I was noticing how many more people had my booth compared to other people's booths, um, things like that. And, uh, you know, I just kind of felt like people really, you know, they, they really loved my work. And, um, that's when I started thinking, okay, I can, I can make a business out of this. And, but I was doing both. I was still doing construction because so I had to pay bills. Um, mm-hmm. and then my, my body started taking the, taking a toll, you know, it's, uh, my back was going bad, my knees were going bad, and then my wife, um, she has MS, and she, her MS started progressing, and I started looking towards the future and, and realized that, you know, this could get bad one day, she could be in a wheelchair, she could be, you know, stuck in bed, um, and I may have to take care of her, and I would have to find a career where I was my own boss, made my own hours, and didn't have anybody to answer to. So I knew, and it wasn't bad at the time when I finally made the decision, but I knew that I had to start the business and it would take a long time for it to, to make my name and get it up and going. And I, I wanted to start early enough where her, her disease wasn't progressed, wasn't, hadn't progressed that much. But I want, when, if it ever did, I wanted to already take those first steps and have it set up. So if she had to go on disability and quit work, that I would have a, a job where I could either work from home or have her with me. If I had to travel, she'd go with me. And um, I can still make money at it. So that's when I really decided, you know, that I would try to make it a career. And, and uh, so far, it's been working, which is pretty shocking because I'm not a businessman at all. Yeah, that's an amazing story. That's yeah. I'm I'm glad it worked out well. It's it definitely is, seems like it's taken off for you. Yeah, it's it's getting there. It's it's not super lucrative at the at the moment, um, only because I'm not the greatest business. But it's kind of it's kind of doing its own thing. People are finding me, and it's kind of taking off faster than. And what I can manage at times, so I may have to um, get an apprentice or hire somebody or something like that. But if if there was more of me or I had someone to help me out, it would definitely be more more lucrative. I can I can make a better living at it. Just only so many hours in the day because I do everything myself. Yeah, that's yeah. actually what yeah, that's actually what uh, Dana was saying was that one of the challenges of uh, being a handmade jeweler is there's only so much scale you can build because you can only make so many pieces. Yeah, yeah. There's only there's only so much time in the day. And not only do I make jewelry, I'm also somewhat of an inventor. I, I make tools and invent tools for jewelry making. 
Um, so I have to make all those by hand. And, you know, there's a lot, a lot involved with, with running a business, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, the social media and computer and emails. Yep. I'm not, not only, I'm also a teacher, I'm an instructor, and that's where most, mm-hmm. most of my income comes from is, is teaching. And with that, a lot of time is involved with networking and, and correspondence and, and, you know, a lot of emails and a lot of scheduling and, and photographs and contracts and, you know, it's a lot of work, and I find that I don't even have a lot of time to actually get to the bench anymore to make jewelry as much as I should. It's usually mostly business stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. So, do you feel that there's a meaning behind all of your pieces? No, not really. Um, I mingle with a lot of artists, and they um, they tend to, to give you these backgrounds about their their work and it's life changing this or life changing that or something deep within. I don't I don't feel like that. I'm not that deep of a person, I guess. Um, maybe there is something that involved. I just don't, I'm not aware of it. I just, I just want to make interesting things to look at. You know, I love creating things that are just very unique. I, I'm always looking at odd things and I like to understand how things are made. And, you know, if something catches my attention for, you know, a good 15 minutes, I, that's, I love that. And that's what I want to do. I want to, um, but my main goal is to make things that look interesting. And I want other designers, studio designers, to look at my work and wonder how I did something. I want them to look at it and just be kind of confused, like, how did you do that? And that's kind of, you know, as long as I'm moving my hands, I'm happy. I just like like building things, like creating things and, and make, them, make them interesting to look at. And what's great about jewelry is, you know, they're, they're, little, they're little sculptures that can be worn around as opposed to a sculpture or a piece that's hung in someone's house and only their friends and family see it. Well, this is these are little art pieces that people wear around town and, and a lot of people can see them, you know. So that's that's kind of why I do it. But I don't, I'm not sure there's a meaning or or message behind my pieces. Just uh, make make cool stuff. Make it make something that looks interesting. I like that. It's kind of a more like almost real take on it. I like that. Yeah, yeah. My my motto is just just make cool shit. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned at the beginning that when you started out, you were using crude construction tools. So Obviously, your design process has changed. Do you say that the type of pieces you do and kind of work that you do has changed at all as you've gotten access to more tools? And yeah, materials? I would say so. Um, I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a tool whore. Um, people call me that, or I'm a, I'm a tool whore. So I, I buy tools up anywhere I can get them. And, you know, if I see a tool that I can afford, up you know, I look for used tools generally. Um, I'm always on like you know eBay and Amazon and. You know, yard sales, estate sales, and I've, I've acquired a lot of tools over the years. Some of the tools I bought brand new from distributors only because I really wanted the tool and I, you know, I spent the money for it. But generally, I look for tools that are you know, very cheap or need to be fixed or can be reconfigured. I take tools that from that are from other trades sometimes, and I'll look at it and I'll say, you know, I I need this tool to do something else that works for me, and I'll just kind of rework it. I'm actually um, this morning I was working on some tools that I designed. And I came up with a new way to make this tool. This, these tools were kind of tedious for me to make in the past. And I just had this aha moment this morning where I can make this thing so much quicker. So I just tried it out right before I called you, and it works fantastic. So I'm going to save myself quite a bit of time. But, yeah, by acquiring more tools, different types of tools, I can do more textures. I can do more techniques. I can I can layer things better. I have more, you know, literally I have t- more tools in my, in my bag now that I can do more things with. But, I always t- tell my students, you know, a lot of the tools that I use in my student, my student kids. So when I teach, I have say 15 students in a class, and for those 15 students, I have to make them kits of tools. And in those kits, there's about about 15 tools in those kits. So 15 times 15, I gotta I gotta buy one of you know 15 of those tools 
for everybody, and I can't afford high-end tools. So sometimes I'll make a tool or I'll reconfigure a tool, and I tell my students, you know, you don't need the high-end tools to make something look cool. You just have to use your imagination and, and, and figure out how to create what you want with what you have at hand. So I, I tell my, my, my friends and family and, and students that I can make something cool without the tools that I have. I can, you know, I can literally go out to a junkyard, find something, and make it look make it look cool with just, you know, a few tools. You know, I even use, like, concrete, like the sidewalk. I'll go out to the sidewalk, and I'll texture a piece of metal on the sidewalk. I'll use a construction hammer for something. So, you know, but, but the tools are good. The, you know, good tools are good. You can do a lot more stuff and get more textures. But yeah, my, my work has morphed, I think, um, and gotten better because I do have more tools to work with. Yeah, I love that, that you made, you made a tool for making other tools. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because I just, the tool, the tool that I'm working on right now, it's my main tool that I, that I sell like hotcakes. It's, it's, fun, it's a funny situation. So I'm actually using that tool now to remake the same tool, but in a different way. So I was using these expensive other tools like drill presses and bench lathes and, and it was just a lot of work to make this tool. And I realized, I looked at the tool that I was, that I was making. And I realized that I can use the same tool, one that I've already made, to remake more of the tools. I'm almost cloning the tool and using the, the, the same tool to make the tool. So and, and it's, it's way more cost effective. It's quicker. It's, it's simpler. It, it was just an aha moment. And, you know, I, man, if I would have thought of this a year ago, I would have sold, you know, I would have made another $100,000 off this tool. It just it used to take so long to make. So yeah. now, you know, you caught me at a good moment because he's, it was really cool. It was a really cool aha moment this morning. Like this, this light bulb went off in my head. I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about it. It's fascinating that you think that way. That you can see like, and you can visualize like what tool to make another tool. Like that's not how my brain works at all. That's very interesting to me. Yeah, that's um, that's something I, I really enjoy, and I've always been able to do that. And in, in my other professions, you know, I did a lot of construction work. And I've always, for many years, um, I've always had these ideas. Um, I, I invent things in my head and I'll write, I'll take notes. And a lot of times they're not, they're not new inventions, although they are, some are new inventions, but most of them, I'd say 80% are just something that's been reworked or, or a tool that's already out there and just re, reworked, like put two different types of tools from two different trades together and say this, you know, I know this works for this trade and this would be fantastic if, you know, we took this thing and kind of reconfigured it and it would do something awesome for this other thing that we, that we need done. And, you know, I think that would be my fallback one of these days. If, you know, if I, if I get burned out making jewelry or, you know, the money is not there or people, you know, they get tired of my work, I think I'm going to fall back on, on tool manufacturing and, um, you know, just start making tools because I always have ideas for that, for tools. And I, I love, I love problem solving. I love, you know, just trying to work it out in my head and trying to figure out how I can make something work and, and without using a big manufacturer. I, know, I mean, a lot of my, my ideas, I can, I can have a manufacturer do it, engineer, design it, and that, but that costs a lot of money. I like figuring out ways of doing it on the cheap, like running down to a, you know, the hardware store or like, you know, even like the 99 store and finding something super cheap and then reworking it and then, you know, being able to, be able to buy those parts for really cheap and then reworking them and then making them my own tool and selling. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's really cool. Thank you. So what is something that has come unexpected as a result of being a successful jewelry creator? Um... You know what? I, I think the main thing is I, I really gained this, this real sense of accomplishment. Um, my life back when I was younger was, was really rocky. You know, I come from, um, I, I tell people I come from the streets. You know, we were very poor and I lived in bad neighborhoods. And uh, I was recently published in a, in a jewelry magazine, uh, Bella Armour Jewelry. 
and it was this big spread, 10-page spread, and I was so happy and I was so excited to get the magazine and, and, and give it to all the all the women in my life that, that helped raise me and, and, you know, they saw me when I was younger. I mean, and I made it, every time I gave, gave one to like a friend's mom or my mom or my mother-in-law, I would tell them, I said, here's, I want you to have this. And I, and I said, you knew me when I was younger and my life could have went, you know, it could have went one of two ways. You know, I could have ended up in prison, but instead I ended up in, in a magazine. So I, I think um, that, that real sense of accomplishment and, and knowing that I'm doing something with my own two hands and, um, you know, I'm a self-made man, and you know, I made my own business. I didn't take a loan from anybody. I didn't I didn't ask for anybody's help. Nobody taught me. Um, you know, I did this all pretty much on my own, except for the help of you know my wife's help with maybe some finances and things like that, and and you know, um, her her faith in me that I would do it. But um, that's a real sense of confidence that I have. Um, you know, and and that and not not only that, but I've made so many friends. You know, I I, I travel a lot, and I, I've met these people that I never would have met before, and I have you know really good friends out of this now. Really, you know, really good people around the country, um, and it, it allows me to travel. So I, I teach and I travel the country, and I get to see all these different states, all these different areas, uh, meet different people, and it pays for it. You know, a lot of these um, places I teach will actually pay travel expenses and food expenses, and they pay me. So, you know, I'm a, it's allowed me to see the, see the country and, and eventually the world. I'm starting to get offers around the world, you know, Australia, Europe, um, Spain, uh, you know, all, just offers around the world. So eventually I'll end up taking some of those offers and like, I'll get to see the world and it'll, it'll pay for it. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats on that. It's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And I became a business owner, you know. That's, yeah. I have my own, I have my own studio. It's a large studio and, you know, that's, that's a real sense of accomplishment for me too, you know. So I yeah. Just, uh, never thought that would happen from, from doing what I'm doing, but who knows? Who knows where, where life's going to take you sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's really inspiring to me to see someone succeed like that and just work really hard to make it, make it happen. Yeah. It, it's a lot of work. It's a lot, it, it is because you have to be your own boss and you have to learn how to manage yourself. I think that's the hardest part. And I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure figure things out. Um, but the hardest part is managing myself and managing my time because I have no one else to answer to but myself. You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. if I get a little lazy or I get I have a lot of ideas, so I, I tend to go back and forth on things and and not stick to the priorities. Uh, but you know, I'm learning. I'm getting better at it over time. Um, yeah, it's, it's coming along. It's getting there. Yeah. So. Do you put any thought into creating your brand on social media, or do you just like to share what you love doing? Well, this is the question I was worried about the most because you're you're interviewing me for a social media podcast, right? But um, no, um, I try to put thought into it to, to the best of my ability, um, but I'm not really a tech savvy guy, and my mind is all over the place. And I'm an artist, and I want to be at the bench. I want to be making things. So when I first started doing it. Um, I just started. I just started putting stuff together, and uh, my sons told me about Instagram, and and uh, I, I knew about Facebook, but I wasn't wasn't really on it. I didn't have a website, and luckily my kids are so, so you know they're savvy with social media, and they they dad check out Instagram. So I I built an Instagram page, and, and the first few like for the first I don't even know a few months I wasn't even putting hashtags on, and I wasn't getting much followers. And my sons like you got these hashtags. I'm like what's a hashtag? So he told me what a hashtag was, and um, I started doing that. And I started getting more followers. Um, but the main thing I do uh, is just I like sharing what I do. Um, and uh, the, the main thing that I think about when I do posts nowadays is, is taking good photographs. 
Um, I don't always take the best photographs. Um, sometimes I get lazy or have something to do. So I'll just take a quick one with my with my phone. But um, I actually have a photo booth that I that I made, and it takes wonderful photographs. I have a, a program on my computer that um, takes photos and photo stacks everything and in, 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 makes everything in focus. And that's really helped out. I currently, I recently just moved it to a different part of, of my, my studio and I haven't put it back together yet. So it's going to be a little bit smaller. I just got to put it together and that way I can get, take good photographs. That's probably my, my next project because I'm going to be making some pieces pretty soon and I want these to have, be really well photographed. Um, let's see here. Yeah, it's, it's nowhere near as, as, um, as professional as I would like it to be. But again, it's just the time. I don't have the time. I, I look at these people's um, posts and their social media, and I mean, they're they're killing it at it. They're a little younger than me, so I think they have the advantage on that. Um, but I think eventually, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to hire a social media uh, marketing manager that will take care of a lot of that for me, and then that'll free up some time for me. You know, I might as well pay them um, to take care of it and have it really professional. And I think I'll get more business that way. So I think that I think that's that's the route I'm going to go. Um, only again because I'm so busy. I mean, I could probably figure it out and, and get it up down a lot better, but I just don't have I don't have the time to to really really handle it as well as some other people that I know. So you know, they do a yeah. really good job at. It. They might have a little more time on their hands to do it, but right now I don't. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's there's a lot of things I, I would like to do more. I I know I'm, I'm good at I'm good at marketing. I am, but I just don't really have the time sometimes with you know um, with my wife and kids and, you know, all the aspects of my business, you know, I have to really kind of pick and choose what I do. And um, and, and, th and also in the same sense, I'm, I'm also a little afraid that if, if I did if I did better at marketing on social media and it took off more than what it has right now, I wouldn't be able to handle it. I, I'm, yeah. I can barely what's going on right now. So if it took off and I started getting more people contacting me and more followers and more sales, I don't know. I don't know if I if I would have the time to handle. It. I would definitely have to hire somebody. I mean, I, I'm at the verge right now where I'm so I'm stretched stretched so thin that I don't know how much more successful I could get without having help. So that's you know I'm not too worried about it at this point. But eventually I will hire help and then um, have somebody you know help with the branding a little more and the social media and then you know have somebody help me handle everything. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to make jewelry for a career? Ah, I just, I just, uh, I just was at a seminar recently and I'm going to tell you what this, um, this lady told me she was a guest speaker and she was the winner of this award for this jewelry making that was at this, um, this, this convention. It was the Metalsmith convention. Um, her name is Marnie Ryan. And, uh, the first thing I, the best thing I took out of it was she says she recommends to, uh, she, she answered the same question you just asked me. So she recommends to people that try to get into it is to when you if you go into college for like for like a degree like an art degree, um, take take uh, take small business classes you know to minor in art and major in business. So if you want to be an artist as for a career, take art as a minor but major in business because that's where it's at. You know you have to know how to run the business because most likely you're running yourself. So that's I mean that's what I would I would definitely recommend to somebody new that's getting into it. Um, if they have, if they have the means to, to go back to school or go to school or they're in school, really take business classes. You know, I've always thought that I should and I was going to take some business classes, but got to the point where I was gonna and then it just started taking off and there's there's no way I could, I could take a class right now. Uh, I may I may still take one eventually, but um, things have to relax a little bit and I gotta find some more time. 
Uh, but also, you know, towards the, the, the art part of it, um, I recommend that they, um, that, that, that they try to be as different as possible in their designs. Yeah, so like really think outside the box in your designs. You know, a lot of, I see a lot of people, I know a lot of people make, that make jewelry. I, I come in contact with a lot of people make jewelry and they, a lot of them tend to do the same thing that other people are doing. They're mimicking, they're mimicking each other. They're, um, I, I call them sheeple. You know, there's, there's, there's sheep. Sheeps, sheeps all want, want to be in the same herd. They all want to go together. They all follow the same line. Um, and I, I think the other way, I want to be as different as possible. I want to think outside the box. I want to make things look different from everybody else's work out there. If you don't do that, you're just going to get lost, lost in the herd. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's the main thing I've always, I've always done. And, and that's, that's what kind of made my name. And that's why I got recognized because I, I just thought outside the box. And I never really care. Just, I don't care about what people think about my jewelry or my designs. Um, I don't make jewelry for people, I say. I make it for myself. You know, I make what I think is interesting looking, and, uh, and I don't worry about who else is going to like it. Eventually, people, I'm going to come across somebody that likes that piece. Um, they're just going to be the same kind of mind of me, like, as me, or they're going to like the same kind of design as me, and, and they're going to like it. Someone's going to like it eventually. So um, I just make what I like. And um, I think also the last thing I, I would I would recommend to somebody is to uh, – that's getting into this field is look to the future of the, of the market and how to follow the market trends. Um, a lot of designers that I know are, are older than me. Um, and they, they said the market has changed so much from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And a lot of the people like, like social media is, is where it's at. You know, there wasn't social media around, you know, 20 years ago. And some of these people, they were just doing shows. And that demographic of people that were at those shows are no longer buying jewelry anymore. They're at a certain age where they're retired or they don't go to the shows, or they have to think about other things, you know, with their money. So they're not buying the jewelry like they used to, and they're not buying the kinds of jewelry that they used to. You know, a lot of these diamonds and emeralds and faceted and these high-end pieces. Some people are. They're really, they're really wealthy are, um, but the middle class, they're really not. They're, they're at retirement age. They're not, they're not buying anymore. So you got to look towards the future of who's going to be buying and, and, and which age group you're focusing at and how, and how they do their buying. So, you know, and that's, that's kind of, it's kind of tough for me because I'm at a certain age where, you know, I'm still learning these things, but luckily I'm not, I'm not so up there in age where I can't figure out social media and, you know, I can, I can do it. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not my seventies, not my eighties, I'm, I'm 44. So I can figure these things out and I have good people around me. I surround myself with, with younger people. Um, I have a lot of friends that are younger people and I have people that are older that, that are friends. So I, I take things from the older people that we've kind of lost, forgot about. And I take the things from the younger people around me that, that I don't know about, you know, these technology and social media and different trends, you know, things that I wouldn't understand. So they help me out and help me figure those things out. So that, that's what I would recommend. Yeah, that's good advice. What steps have you taken to grow a community around your jewelry making online and your pages? Uh, um, I'd probably say not the right ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, could, I, I would probably have a lot more followers if I did the right steps. I, have, I know people that... Um, they just, they just have, they just, they're so much farther than me on, on marketing and social media and, and they've done it way, and you know, they started some of these pages way after me and maybe even the jewelry's not, not the same quality as mine or, but they just, they're just great at marketing. Um, but I, I would, from, but, but I would think, um, what I recommend is, is post a lot. Post a lot of stuff. Um, don't post junk. Um, take great photographs. Again, I think that's probably one of the most important things is take good photographs. You know, invest in a good camera or a good phone, light, 
white boxes, good backgrounds, good editing programs, um, you know, buy the software that, that it takes to edit these photographs and take the professional photographs. Um, let's see. And, oh, and then um, befriend. So when you're on social media, try to befriend um, good people that are willing to repost and share your sites. So, I, so what, I'll, what, I, what I've done is I follow people. I, I'll look at social media. I'll find the people that are, that are doing good stuff, good work, and have a lot of followers. And then I, bef I befriend them. I, I send them a, a, you know, a, a message and, or a comment on something or I'll ask them a question and then try to build up a relationship with them um, and, and try to be genuine with them and try to be real with them and try, try to build a friendship. And then uh, generally what happens is, is they'll, they'll befriend me and then next thing you know, they'll share my post or they'll, they'll say, you know, look at this guy's page or check out this guy's work. And then their followers see my work and then vice versa, I'll, I'll post something of theirs or I'll tell my, my followers, check out this person's site. And, uh, it, it just, it's like a, a big web and it's a spider web. You know, it, if I have 6,000, 7,000 followers, they have 12,000 followers. They take one post. Now I have 18,000 followers potentially. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, and then be, be genuine, you know, be real as possible with people. Um, don't be fake. There's a lot of stuff, you know, on social media. It's just, it's fake, 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 you know, this and that. And it's, you know, look at me, look at this, look at that. You know, I try to be as genuine as, genuine as possible, as real with people. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of vulgar sometimes. I like to cuss. I'm, I'm just kind of raw. I just, that's me, you know, and I, I don't really apologize for who I am. You know, I don't wear ties and I don't, even when I go to fancy events, I just, I wear my work boots and, just who I am, you know. So that's that's another thing that I that I recommend. Just be yourself. You know, we're we're surrounded in a world now with a lot of fakes, and if people are getting keen to it, and people can see through that, you know, if you're real, then people will notice that too. And then I think probably lastly is um, uh, if you if you have a business, um, make sure you give good customer service. You know, I I bend over backwards for my the people that that are my students or people that are my customers. Um, if something goes wrong with the tool I made, you know, I, I give them a guarantee on, you know, I, I'll send them out a new one. If they have a problem with a piece of jewelry, um, I, I, you know, I give them a lifetime guarantee on it. If something breaks, I fix it for free. Um, you know, good customer service goes a long way. You know, if, if, if somebody, um, contacts me, I, I try to respond to them quickly, uh, answer their questions quickly, um, uh, because then that one person has, you know, 100 friends. You know, you give, you give them bad service, they're going to tell their friends. And they're not going to come to you. So good customer service goes a long way. And then I think lastly, uh, be willing to share um, and, and be available. So as you know, I'm 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 inviting people into into my world, my life. I'm showing them my life. I'm sharing things with them. Well, if they ask me a question, I'm willing to to, to you know to share with them how I did something. You know, well to an extent. You know, I teach classes, so I can't tell them everything because that's how I make my living. But at the same time, I'm willing to share, you know, everything that I, everything that I do, things that I come up with, I, I, I share, you know, I share with people in classes, you know, if they want to know something and I have time, I'll tell them how, how I did it, you know, whether it's with the project or not and um, be available. You know, if, if people, you're running a business and somebody contacts you, then you have to respond to them, you know, um, to a certain point, you can't let, can't let your business run your life, but, you know, try to, try to respond and, and be available to them and answer their questions and, you know, um, try to help them out. You know, and that's that's how I think. Uh, you know, some of the steps should be to to grow in the community around you. You know, online business for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. You being authentic and just being available. It's, I like that. Got to help people out, man. You got to be real. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. You know, that's 
one of the main things I, I really, really emphasize. And, and, and when I teach classes, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rough around the edges. So I, I tell my students right off the bat, you know, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not this, I'm not that. You know, I might hurt myself with my cuss. You know, I might do this, I might crack some jokes. I'm just real, and I think that that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a main goal or like goals that you'd like to accomplish in the jewelry space? Yeah, I think like for my business, I think um, I'd like to get published more. Um, like I said, I've been in one magazine. I've had some newspaper articles, but I'd like to maybe have a book or some other magazines publish me and my work. Um, and, you know, just get out there a little more and be seen. Um, I'd like to make a better living at what I'm doing. <laughs> right now, it's kind of just. It's kind of paying the bills. It's kind of you know it lets me do do my do do my art, but I'd actually like to you know make a little more money where I can take vacations and things like that. And that that'll come eventually. Um, you know, it takes a while to build, build up a business. Uh, the money just keeps going back into the business. There'll be a time when uh, I don't need any more tools, so you know I'll save a little more money and I'll be buying all the tools that I buy. Um, I think I would I'd like to win some some competitions. Um, I've entered a couple, um, didn't didn't win. But I think I'll enter some more and, and, you know, get some, get some, get some prizes and trophies and like that. Whatever they give you, uh, the accolades. Um, eventually I'm going to start making videos, um, uh, online videos so I can get my, my classes out to more people, um, around the world. Um, some people can't make it to my classes or they can't afford the classes. They can't afford the airline or the hotels. So I'd like to start making uh, videos that I can put, you know, put out there and, and sell the videos. Um, yeah. And I think lastly, I'd just like I'd like to find more time to uh, to evolve my work, you know. Just to, my work's kind of it's kind of gotten not stale, but it's kind of stayed where it's at. You know, for a long time I was kept evolving and kept evolving, and kept evolving, and uh, this, I've gotten so busy these last couple of years that I haven't had time to you know redesign my work and you know go up to the next level and, and do some of these techniques that I have in mind. Just don't have the time for it. But uh, I'd, I'd like to find more time so I can do that and just make bigger and bolder pieces. Yeah. Just always keep growing as an artist. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what advice would you have for someone that wants to specifically get into metalworking? Um, like into metalworking, like completely, or or t- my, like my type of metalworking. Your type. My type. Um, I'd say experiment. You know, experiment with things, try new things. You know, um, don't be afraid to to ruin a piece. You know, I get a lot of students that are, that are really afraid of melting something, and you know, when you're real timid, you, you don't you don't tend to not try you don't try things. You're scared of trying things. So I I I just recommend experimenting and trying new things, and, and you know, find what you like. You know, if, if it doesn't turn out good, well, toss it out or remelt it. Or you know, usually when you make a piece, you'll find something that you really love, something that you don't really care for too much when you experiment. Well, take the thing that you experimented with that you like, and the other stuff throw out, and then put that that technique or that texture that design into your next piece and uh, just go from there and don't don't be don't be too concerned about who likes your work you know uh people tend to tend to oh i i, I need to make this thing because you know, i see it online that these things are selling like crazy you know there's these big big name brands i'm not going to say them but in jewelry world where they're mass producing these things you see them at these art shows all the time like little art shows craft shows you know oh everybody likes these these things it's owl owl's owl's trendy right now or something like that you know what? Um, don't be too concerned about what everybody else likes because you're just going to get lost in the crowd. Make what you like and uh, just go from there. You know, if it looks good to you, then just keep on trucking. Eventually, your work will uh, evolve and it'll get fine-tuned and um, it'll just it'll look more refined and it'll it'll have your techniques and your style and your design. People start recognizing it. 
don't be don't be too worried about perfection. Um, I meet people that are that are worried about making the piece perfect, you know, just perfect, perfect. Uh, that's overrated, you know. I, I make things raw and organic, and I like little flaws in them. It shows that it's a handmade piece. It shows that it's it's the one of a kind. You make them too perfect, and it looks like it was made in a factory. It looks doesn't look like it was handmade, and then you you lose sleep over it, you know. Me. Things can have scratches, flaws, and I sleep well at night because I'm not over-concerned about how perfect they are. So that's, 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 that's what I would recommend. All right. I don't want to take too much of your time, so I'll just ask one more question. Yeah. Uh, what are the biggest things you've learned from the journey of creating a successful jewelry page? Um, it's a lot of work. Um, it's, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. Um, uh, I learned that you have to take good photos. You know, again, with the photos, I think, you know, out of, out of anything that people can take from this is make sure you spend all this time making a piece, investing it, learning it, learning the, the, the trade and the techniques and buying the tools. But if you don't take good photos and you're focusing on social media, then you're not conveying the piece properly. It's, it's, all, for, it's all for not. You know, you have to take good photos to represent the pieces. So that's one of the main things. Um, stay relevant, you know, really, really try to stay relevant and, Stay up to date with with what's the, what the trends are, and what you know pages are looking like, and what backgrounds people like. You know, dark backgrounds, light backgrounds, or organic you know props, you know things like that. Um, let's see, connect with people. You know, just you know try to try to contact people and, and connect with them on on, on a certain level, um, and uh, just again be available for them. You know, they're gonna people are gonna you know respond to your to your to your post, and you should respond back and. Yeah, I'm not so great at it, but I'm getting better. Uh, and let's see, oh, try to be organized. Try to stay organized. You know, I have a, I have a problem where I'm not very organized, but the times that I, I get back on, on track and I'm organized, things seem to flow a lot better. Um, everything just kind of works works out better when you're organized. Um, and then just be yourself again, you know. Be yourself. You know, you're, a, you're, don't be another person that's that's trying to be fake and, and put on a facade, and, you know, because people are going to catch on to that, you know. And just be real and be yourself. That's what I've learned. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and all this wisdom. I really appreciate it. Uh, I can tell that you really yeah. I've gained a lot of knowledge and that you're really passionate about what you do. Awesome. Yeah, not a problem. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let me know when you have it edited and when you release it. Yeah, I'll definitely send it to you. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Avery. Appreciate it. Good thank you so much. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade Jewelers podcast. I really hope you guys learned something. If you want to check out more, we're at Sulis, S-U-L-I-S, displays on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. So definitely stop by and check us out. Thanks so much for listening. We post episodes every Wednesday and Friday. I love to make this podcast as helpful as possible for all of you guys trying to scale your handmade jewelry businesses. So if you guys could comment a timestamp of the section that was specifically helpful for you guys, that would really help me get some feedback on what to focus on question-wise. Hope you guys listen again soon. Thanks.